Hopefully today's show lineup is also making you feel like this is a very cool thing. Uh, It includes one of the more prominent voices in college football broadcasting, Rod Gilmore, 25 years behind the mic. He's on the call for Troy BYU tomorrow night. Is he buying the Cougars as a two-touchdown favorite over the Trojans? Plus, game notes for BYU's home opener, Cosmo's number one viral video competition, and the latest edition of our Prop Picks. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. It's game day eve. This is Cougars host Troy tomorrow night. BYU offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes knows from experience Troy is no pushover. I was at LSU when they came to Baton Rouge and beat us there. And, you know, they beat Nebraska not too long ago. And a few years ago played Clemson really close when Clemson was ranked high. So they're a program that's got a lot of pride. And and I have the... um, understanding from having played against them and watched them play for years what they're capable of. Remember in 2017 when BYU didn't even cross the 50 against LSU? Don't remind me. That same LSU team lost, as Jeff mentioned, to Troy that year. How about that? BYU a 14-point favorite in Vegas. Pre-game starts 8-15 Eastern tomorrow night. BYU Radio, 9 Eastern on BYU TV. The game alone is such a moving target. We don't even know who's going to be on the field. <laughs> COVID, man. Let's kick off the game. COVID. Kyle Van Noy repping Cougars in the NFL with an early Thursday night game and his Miami Dolphins t- taking care of business. Huge performance for him, Jerem. One sack, three tackles, two quarterback hits, one forced fumble, one fumble recovery. You know, the typical Kyle Van Noy stat line. So I, I tweeted KVN with the fumble, forced fumble and recovery, and someone said, an excellent duo. <laughs> That's what Kyle Van Noy does, right? That's what he does. Fred Warner and his newest 49er teammate Ziggy Ansah played the New York Giants on Sunday. Taysom Hill and the New Orleans Saints match up with Jamal Williams and the Green Bay Packers this Sunday. How's that for BYU fans? Uh, Potential playoff preview maybe with the Saints and Packers? I don't know. Saints lost to the Raiders. Just kidding. Pac-12 and Mountain West Conference are going to play football this fall. How about that? A lot of bad news the last few months. That's some good news. Pac-12 will begin playing November 6th with a seven-game schedule. And we'll also begin hoops on November 25th, moving up from January 1st. So BYU-Utah, question mark? No fans will be at any of those games, by the way. You'd argue at Stanford they weren't going anyway. The Mountain West will return October 24th and play eight games. This is great news. I'm excited about it for both conferences. Now what's wild is they have no room for error. Right. It's starting so late that... There's no way all those teams play all those games. They are hoping that seven consecutive weeks there are no issues with any of those teams (laughs) in the Pac-12 or over eight weeks with the Mountain West. Right. There's no, yeah, no room for error. Wow. Yeah, stringent, stringent stuff. I'm I'm glad they're playing. I'm glad. I'm happy for the athletes and the coaches. The Division I Football Oversight Committee has recommended the NCAA waive the requirements for bowl eligibility in 2020, meaning a 500 record or better Will not be required, so can't wait to watch a potentially winless team be bowl eligible. Awesome. UMass, but they're a name team. UMass is like, sweet, we're going to play and we're going to play in a bowl, maybe. Hey, rest assured, Jerem, academic progress rate eligibility still applies here. Oh, shoot. So well, they're, they're not taking that away. By the way, this just in from Ralph Russo, AP, AP voter uh, and writer. AP Top 25 update, they're going to include the Pac-12 and Mountain West uh, along with the Big Ten on Sunday in the poll. Ooh. So we'll see where BYU sits. Does BYU get knocked out? I think BYU will stay in. It's just where. Well, if BYU loses, they could be knocked out. Yeah, if BYU wins, are they high enough that the influx of three different conferences won't push them out of the top 25? So there you go. We're, we're going to have a full minus the MAC, although I don't think anyone from the MAC would be in it anyway. 
poll, AP poll on Sunday. And I do think BYU has an advantage because there will be some news writers and oh yes, the writers, the writers yes. that value teams that have actually played more so than teams that are not going to play until November 6th or 7th. Sure. We'll see. There's all kinds of criteria it's there. It's the human element, right? There's a human element the, there. The robot element. That was the BCS. <laughs> all rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Game day eve. It's been forever. Again. Troy at BYU. First ever meeting between these teams and a Sunbelt debut in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. The Big 12... <laughs> Collectively warns BYU. So many moving parts leading up to this game, led by, of course, COVID-19 questions. With that in mind, Jerem, let's discuss why BYU will win this game and what would lead to a potential BYU loss. Okay, wins. Uh, It's home. BYU's anxious to play. Hopefully the rest is a positive thing. Uh, O-line domination against Navy. Hopefully that translates. We know that BYU's playing without Tristan Hodge. Hopefully BYU's depth uh, can be flexed. We think that BYU is eight or nine deep on the O-line. We'll see. Um, and if BYU is actually as good as they showed in game one, uh, hey, the, things should happen, right? Against Troy, a team that's a quality program, uh, been a winning program three of the last four years. They've had 10-plus wins last year, first year with Chip Lindsey. Five and seven, but they showed well against Middle Tennessee, who everyone's going to beat up on this year. But um, I... Yeah, I, I think there's a reason why BYU uh, could win this game, right? Absolutely. So I hate to even discuss why BYU could potentially lose. We're going to look at this bo- game. Both sides here. Got to be fair. Listen, we're homers, but we're not that big of homers. Troy has beaten oh, wait, some really good competition in the recent past. They have this knack for getting up for the big game and doing so on the road. When, as Jeff Grimes just pointed out. Hey, they went to Baton Rouge and beat us when I was at LSU, and they gave Clemson a real scare a couple of years ago, and Clemson, I think, was ranked number three at the time. Now Troy has BYU on the schedule. They beat Nebraska. BYU got lucky and threw him and beat Nebraska too, you know. Troy's a good football program, and they've got a formidable offensive coordinator who we talked to earlier this week. I like their OC. Ryan Pugh, yeah. A bunch of close games, if not wins, against good programs since 2016, and... Troy creates a ton of turnovers. You want to bring uh, something that impacts the game maybe more so than any other stat, it's yeah. turnovers. Ask Kyle Winningham. He's like, that influences the game more than anything. Yeah. Also, Jerem, our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. This is BYU's first game of 2020 against a team that tackled in fall camp. Listen, if BYU doesn't realize this already, Troy is not going to play like Navy. (laughs) Navy was pathetic. They were so bad. Troy tackled in camp. Troy tackled somebody and has actually played what's called a college football game where they scored 47 points. Yeah, I I think Troy's good on offense. Obviously, this is going to be the second start, second on the road for Gunnar Watson, sophomore quarterback. This is not Middle Tennessee, though. This is going to be a tougher challenge for Gunnar, the Gunnar versus Gunnar match. He's not playing in front of any fans. Right. Uh, but it's it's on the road. It's uh, yeah, it, right. The fan factor. But uh, you're, you're in someone else's stadium. These imposing mountains pressing upon you. By the way, at Coog Mac just tweeted. That's weird. This showed up at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It's a Trojan horse with a mask on. It's on the field. It's like, <laughs> wait, what happened? Um, 
the tempo of Troy could create problems for BYU. They, they ripped off 93 plays last week. 93. So BYU's got to prepare for that. Depth issues with COVID and, and or injuries. We don't know exactly what squad BYU's rolling out there tomorrow. Hopefully it's as healthy and as ready a squad as possible, but we just don't know. And BYU's got a new defense to debut. Right. So how's that going to go? BYU was – they had ample opportunity. And, and it's funny because game one, you load up on game one for more time than you do on any other uh, game because you have the preseason. BYU had, what, month, month and a half to think about Navy? And now it's Troy. It's a different challenge. So hopefully BYU shows up because Troy has some ballers, man. Uh, Kalen Geiger – uh, number one in Troy history, averages six catches a game. Trey Eford has nine career touchdowns. He averages 36 yards per touchdown. So deep threats, talent on the outside, quality running backs. This is, this is, this is a game that I think the 14-point margin is too big for. I think this will be a closer game than anything. Vegas typically knows, but are they off on this one? And when they don't, we don't talk about it, apparently. <laughs> okay, topic two. In college football, the quarterback always plays a prominent role in the success or defeat of a team. In the case of the Navy game, that wasn't necessarily the case, uh, but Zach Wilson was very efficient. In fact, it was his fourth career game of 200-plus in pass efficiency. So tomorrow, what do you expect from Zacharias Wilson? Yeah, with the, the fact that you just pointed out, 200-plus in pass efficiency, while he took a backseat of sorts to the run game in the offensive line, he still did his job and then some. And so I expect more of the same maturity from Zach Wilson against Troy. M- maturity? Yes, if you're Steve Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, I, I say maturity because I'm not mature. If you're mature, you say mature. <laughs> I expect Zach Wilson to be efficient and to make good, solid decisions. You want to know how you can mitigate any problem of a high-tempo offense? Keep your own offense on the field for a long time. Run the ball. Run the ball. Make good decisions, be opportunistic on third down, and I expect those from a veteran quarterback, namely Zach Wilson. So that's what I expect from him. I, I don't know about yards passing. It'll all depend on what the BYU offensive line is able to establish when Troy puts seven or eight in the box to try and stop the run. Then we rely more on the, okay, what does Zach Wilson's arm do for BYU? But I expect him to be wise, to make good decisions, and to utilize his weapons on the outside if Troy is incessant on putting eight in the box and stopping that run. Obi-Wise, what more can I say? Uh, I don't think he's going to throw only 18 times in this game. But look, 13 completions and 232 is awesome. 12.9 in attempt is fantastic. As long as you're north of eight, that's good. Nine plus, fantastic. And some people say, oh, another interception. His receiver slipped. So those things happen. We, we know that picks happen, right? Like, the all-time leader in picks in, in, in uh, BYU history is tight ever. Yeah, he, like, like the Heisman the, Trophy the, the touchdowns come with the interceptions. I, I think this is a 21 of 29 kind of day, and I see, like, 250 passing. Oh, wow. But I okay. do see a three-touchdown day. I, I think this is going to be a good Zach Wilson day, but I think the run will set that up. If BYU can run effectively, uh, they won't need the pass per se, but I, I think it'll open it up. And Jeff Grimes is not shy about passing on first down. Because the expectation is that you run so often. The first play of the game at Navy deep was ball. a deep throw down the field. And Gunnar Romney told me in the film room, uh, if you saw that on the Satake show, that he thought that softened up the defense mm. of Navy. So th- there, there is an opportunity there for BYU through the year. Obviously, no Matt Bushman, but uh, Gunnar Romney. What it, Gunnar Romney leads the nation right now in yards per catch. 34 a pop. 
Four for 134. That'll do that. So I'm, I'm excited to see what this BYU offense can do. It's been a layoff. There's been a layoff. Let's see if BYU can perform at even close to what they did against Navy. I don't expect that. And I've said this week, if they perform at 60% of what they did on Labor Day, I'll take it, baby. A gunner on each side. Let's go. I love it. Where's Gunner Keel when you need him? Our question of the day, what are your expectations for BYU tomorrow against Troy? Now that we've presented you with all of this information, you probably had your own opinion even before we talked about this, but let's hear from you and go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Travis Larson, 32 answers on Twitter. I expect BYU to come out fired up and hungry to show week one wasn't a fluke. BYU is not good enough as a program to just go through the motions and hope to win against an inferior team. BYU needs to bring it in every facet of the game. Go Cougs. Depends on the opponent. This is not one of those. Troy is a team that can beat BYU tomorrow night. They can. So BYU's got to be ready to go. And I think BYU gets it. If Troy had not taken down Nebraska LSU, played close with Clemson, won 31 games in a three-year stretch before last year and so on, it might be like, who? What? No. Troy, Troy is sneaky, just like the, the, the story, right, of uh, the Trojan horse. Like, that they, they could come in here, and all of a sudden, these talented running backs and receivers come out of that uh, horse and are attacking a fanless Lavelle Edwards Stadium. So I, I think BYU will be ready. My biggest concern isn't necessarily it's Troy. It's like, okay, who's, who's good to go? Is everyone good to go? Besides Tristan, like, what's the situation? We'll see tomorrow night. We will all be looking, as uh, we talked about yesterday, what numbers are on the field who's, during warm-ups? Who's not out here? And there's uh, only one place to watch the teams warm up, Jerem. That's right. Countdown to kickoff. Let's go, baby. Coming up, how BYU and Utah could still play each other in football this season. Plus, he's been broadcasting college football for 25 years at ESPN. Rod Gilmore is on the call tomorrow. He will join us. Brace yourselves for his most prominent memory featuring BYU. And is he buying 14 points for the Cougars? He's BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us tomorrow night, 9 Eastern, countdown to kickoff. Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, Spencer Linton as we get ready for BYU and Troy live on BYU TV, 9 Eastern time. Live in Studio B on a Friday, this is how we do it with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. It is our pleasure to welcome in longtime ESPN college football analyst, Rod Gilmore on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline via Zoom. Rod, uh, you're in your 25th year as a college football broadcaster at ESPN. Congratulations. What's the secret to this longevity? Oh, man, thanks. I'm just trying to figure out where the time went. You know, uh, it, it's kind of weird. I didn't realize it had been that long, but it's sort of like, uh, like raising kids. You kind of look up one day and you go, are they grown and leaving the house already? Where did the time go? So I, I'm kind of surprised it's been that long. <laughs> You've done a gajillion BYU games. What, what's one that sticks out as one of your favorites? You know, uh, I, I've done so many over the years, uh, you know, and I, I sometimes am prisoner of the, the recent past, and I had the Hawaii Bowl last year. That was a terrific, uh, exciting Christmas Eve game for folks, but – Probably the game that comes to mind quickest for me is that that 2003 snowstorm. Oh, come on, Rod. Day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was that a 3 nothing game or something? Yep. Um, yep. You know, I'm, I'm a 
Bay Area kid and cold weather doesn't uh, always agree with me. <laughs> and, and that's the one that comes to mind. <laughs> I know I'm overlooking a bunch of great performances, uh, great quarterback play, uh, but, you know, pure self-interest. <laughs> I wasn't the most comfortable that day. <laughs> yeah, the snowball. Yeah. Memorable for sure. Rod Gilmore of ESPN with us on BYU Sports Nation. We've dialed up some better weather for you uh, late September, at least uh, for the folks in Provo. There will be no fans, but the teams will enjoy much better weather uh, than the snowball. What do you anticipate between BYU and Troy as we, fingers crossed, near kickoff between the Trojans and Cougars? Yeah, first of all, um, you know, I, I, I hope that we, we have a game this weekend. All systems point towards that. But, but you know, I'm, I'm nervous every Friday now since I had a game canceled and I had a game a couple of weeks ago where we lost the starting quarterback due to COVID-19 on a Friday. So every Friday I'm a little bit antsy about what, what's happening. And we've had 21 games canceled or postponed already uh, this season out of 46 or 47. So uh, fingers crossed, everything goes well today, and we, we kick off tomorrow night, and that'd be great. Uh, I, I think it's a big game for, for both teams. I mean, for BYU, they could not have played better in their opener. I mean, they were dominant against Navy. Uh, people across the country were talking about not just the, the, the strength and power that was shown in that game, but the efficiency with which they played uh, against a universally respected Navy program. Uh, a 55 to three beat down, a complete woodshed uh, of, of a good Navy program that came back last week uh, and played well. So uh, we want to know, are they that dominant? Uh, can they be that consistent? Um, has Zach Wilson really kind of gotten over all the injuries? And, you know, I think that contributed to the inconsistency he had at times last year, the injuries. And he looked healthy. He looked good. Um, I expect to see an uptick in the intermediate and deep passing game uh, from him. But they're facing a Troy program that has a lot of speed and a lot of athleticism, and they will challenge uh, the BYU defense much more and much more down the field than Navy did. So I think it's a really good test for both programs. And if people aren't familiar with the Sun Belt, the Sun Belt's been beating up on the Big 12 uh, the early part of this season. Uh, so I'm sure BYU completely respects Troy, and it should be a fun game. Absolutely. And Troy's a team that beat LSU three years ago, beat Nebraska two years ago, and pl- four years ago played a six-point game with Clemson. I mean, this is a program that has tested and beaten some good teams, yet the spread is 14 in this game. We think that's kind of high, even with the BYU performance, because Troy does have some playmakers, right? Yeah, I, I think that's due to the way BYU performed in, in their opener. And you're, you're right. Uh, Troy has some playmakers. They they can move the ball. Now, they've got a young guy quarterback, a registered freshman um, in uh, Gunnar Watson, uh, who played well in his opener. Um, but I think you will see BYU probably test him to see uh, how comfortable he is when he's under duress a little bit and how patient he can be. Uh, he's got talented, fast receivers on the outside. They played four, five running backs uh, last week in their in their opener. Um, they run similar uh, offensive plays, run style, but they are much more of a quick screen game and take shots down the field. So they'll, they'll challenge BYU, and they probably feel like they like they have a good matchup with uh, their receivers. So we'll we'll see we'll see what what comes out of that. 
Rod Gilmore of ESPN with us on BYU Sports Nation. The Cougars are ranked number 18, albeit it is a modified poll this year. What does BYU need to do to remain on the national radar, even with the influx of the Big Ten and Pac-12 looming? Uh, win. <laughs> you know? I mean, I, I think most voters are sophisticated enough that they understand that week to week things change. Uh, you're never as good as you were in that previous week and you're never as bad. And most voters understand that. But to be consistent and to win against a respected program and go two and oh would keep BYU in the top 20. Uh, you, you're not going to have uh, the, the Big Ten back. Uh, for a few more weeks. You're not going to have the Pac-12 back in the rankings seriously for quite a while. The SEC will come back in after this week. So it's important for BYU to get a win to withstand, you know, five or six SEC teams uh, getting wins and showing up in the polls. It's certainly very early, but BYU's schedule is one that has a lot of wins on it potentially. Uh, And BYU does not have Group of Five access as an independent to the New Year's Six. If BYU is undefeated and there's enough of a margin in some of these games, maybe. Do you feel like they'd have a shot at a New Year's Six? Well, I'm curious as to what you think about this. Because I was looking at their schedule the other day and looking at their original schedule. And if they had the original schedule, (laughs) I don't think there'd be any question. There'd be no question that a BYU team that went through that would be in the discussion for the college football playoff. This schedule, when you don't have any Power 5 teams on it, makes it really difficult. And in in order for BYU to even be considered, they would have to, in my view, sort of whitewash everybody they play so that the whole discussion was, we haven't seen a team this dominant in a long time, and I don't care who they play. You know, they they had no control over that during this pandemic, but they've been so dominant, we have to consider them. And that's sort of the way I look at it. I'm, I'm curious as to, you know, what you think and if you think I'm, you know, too far out there on it. Well, we think that BYU is going to add games in November. We see just the one game with North mm-hmm. Alabama, and we think that Tom Home was waiting to get some potential match. Like, UCF sitting there on November 7th available. And we'll, we'll see oh. if maybe UCF would want that. that would help. Army, November 28th. They, ha- they say they want to reschedule, but they haven't yet. I'm wondering if Army watched the Navy game and said, no, we don't want to reschedule that game. <laughs> so we, we think that obviously quality is lacking, but if BYU wins and whitewashes, like you said, that's good. But they're going to need more games to, to say, well, you can't have the argument. They didn't even play as many games as everyone else. That's, that would be an yeah. issue. Yeah, yeah. UCF would help them. They're not going to get a Power 5 program. So any group of five team that is doing really, really well and has an open date will help them. Look, it's, it's, it's not the greatest position to be in and the greatest argument, but in 2020 when everything has gone crazy, who knows what we'll be looking at in November. We could have a number of Power Five programs who played only six games and maybe have lost two of them. Rod, where does BYU have the biggest advantage against Troy in tomorrow night's game? Oh, I think without question, it's up front with their offensive line versus Troy's uh, front seven. Uh, Troy has decent size with a couple of their defensive linemen. But once you get to their linebacking group, which will have to defend the run, uh, they're relatively small. And so that, that's really where the disadvantage is. Uh, how does Troy combat that? Uh, do, they, do they stack the box? Do they move their defensive line? Do they run blitz a bit more? Do they open things up on the back end uh, so that maybe we we see that uh, BYU takes more shots down the field with Romney because they expect single coverage? 
because Troy is so concerned about the uh, advantage that the offensive line has. You know, we'll, we'll see. But that, to me, is the clear advantage for BYU is what they have with their offensive line versus Troy's front seven. The Trojans' defense is intriguing because of the way they take the ball away. Second most takeaway since 2016 in FBS, which is pretty gnarly. Led by Carlton Marshall, who had one of the best seasons of the last 20 years of any linebacker with a 100-plus tackles and 18-and-a-half tackles for lost in three picks, three forced fumbles. That guy's all over the field, man. I'm still trying to figure out how he came out of high school without a single scholarship offer. Right? You know, he walked on in Troy. Now, I, I get it. You know, uh, coaches are looking at the measurables, and he's not very tall. You know, he's only 5'9", 5'10", and he plays linebacker, and that's not going to excite a lot of coaches on the recruiting trail. But when you put on the tape, he stands out. He just pops. He makes play after play. He plays with great leverage. He's not afraid of a 300-pound lineman. He will go attack him. Uh, he makes tackle after tackle. Uh, and it started with his freshman year. So he, he is a significant player, and I know that BYU is concerned about him. Uh, they should be. They, there's every reason to be. He will make 10, 12 tackles if they aren't uh, really uh, putting a man on him. So he's a phenomenal player, and you'll you'll be surprised when you look out on the field and you go, that that guy's playing linebacker? He's too short <laughs> to play linebacker. Just, just wait till you watch him. <laughs> hey, Rod, on the BYU side, other than the aforementioned Zach Wilson at quarterback and Gunnar Romney at wide receiver, which individuals have impressed you and which individuals do you expect to stick out tomorrow night for the Cougars? Uh, well, there, there are a couple uh, that stand out to me. Tonga is a, a phenomenal defensive lineman. And quite honestly, I, I didn't expect him to come back this year. Uh, I thought he would be NFL bound. I, I, I assume that he had his reasons for coming back, whatever that may be. Uh, but getting him back was probably the recruiting coup of the year for BYU. Um, he is a problem. He's a problem for everybody. And Troy's going to have to figure that out and deal with him. You, you can't single block him. Uh, the other thing that stands out to me that really jumps is, you know, Algier at the running back spot. Um, I saw him last year when he was doing reps at linebacker. Uh, I know he had a great high school career as a running back, uh, but he is so comfortable and so fluid back there right now. Uh, whether he's running the outside zone or the inside zone, uh, he has a good feel for it, uh, good vision. And for a guy who didn't play that spot a lot last year, uh, it was really impressive to see him in the opening game, you know, look like uh, he, he's never been on the other side of the ball. He looked really comfortable and natural, and he's really explosive. Rod, you're the consummate pro, a gentleman. Congratulations again on 25 years, and uh, I know that I speak for much of BYU Sports Nation when I say we can't wait to hear you on the call tomorrow night. Well, thanks a lot. I look forward to the game. I'm just bummed that I won't be, uh, won't be out there. I'm usually – you know, in Utah once or twice a year, and this is the first year that, you know, I probably haven't been there in, in decades. So uh, I'll miss it. I miss the fans there, but uh, we'll have a good time tomorrow night. It'll be a good game. Fantastic. As soon as you can, get out here. We'll keep a, a chair socially distanced open for you. <laughs> Perfect. Sounds good. Thanks a lot for having me, guys. You got it. ESPN's Rod Gilmore on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why, we show how. He's done games forever for BYU, literally. I mean, it's been a long time. And last year he had at, at Utah State and he had Hawaii. So he's, he's very familiar with this program. So it should be fun and, yeah, unique. They're called Remy's, so remote productions. He's going to be at home calling the game. Which is With crazy. Dave Fleming. You know, yeah. He's done a bunch of BYU games now, too. Okay, coming up, why holding on to the ball is really important Saturday for the Cougars. And is... 
Shaylee Gonzalez of BYU Women's Basketball, the best dancer on campus. Cosmo may take issue with this. This is BYU Sports Nation. I have issue with that statement. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. For Cougar Sports game highlights, interviews, archive content, and more, subscribe to the BYU TV Sports YouTube channel today. He is Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton, and this is BYU Sports Nation on a Friday. Let's whip it! The Cougar Whip Ramp presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Pac-12 Mountain West are going to play football this fall, in case you missed it. Which conference is a bigger threat to BYU in the polls? And during the show, we found out this Sunday, the Big Ten and Pac-12 Mountain West will be included. It's the Pac-12, led by Oregon, USC, and Utah. The Mountain West really only has one legitimate top 25 team right now, and that's Boise State. And Boise State wasn't even in some preseason polls, so it's clearly the Pac-12. Yeah, there were three Pac-12 teams, a low number for a Power 5 league, by the way, as you mentioned. 9th, 17th, 22nd on Oregon, USC, Utah. Boise State was not in the AP preseason poll. I don't imagine they will be on Sunday. Jerem, with the Pac-12 returning for what they hope are seven games in seven consecutive weeks, what would you think about a BYU-Utah Vegas Bowl rematch. That would be awesome. I would love that. Now, the Pac-12 does have eight bowl games set up, and if any team can go to any bowl, this really eliminates the possibility of this because if there was a team that was lacking, BYU could have fit in, but now that's not going to happen. But I'm hoping that BYU somehow fits into the uh, the uh, LA Bowl versus the Mountain West, Pac-12, because uh, that's in the new SoFi Stadium, by the way. Brand new bowl game. That would be awesome. Ooh. Remind me. And this is an at-large year for the Bulls, for BYU, right? Yes. Not the Independence Bowl year. Remind me, are there any fans allowed in the stadiums in California? <laughs> Probably not, but I just want us to go to SoFi. Seriously, that would yeah. be fantastic. Yeah. All right. Speaking of rivalries, Jeremy. I, I didn't get your opinion. Oh, uh, I, I would love it. I love it. I just want BYU to play in the Holiday Bowl, though. Oh, so okay. So play Utah in we, the Holiday Bowl. We've been to that dump, though. No. Come on. With the Pac-12 return, not the Holiday Bowl, the stadium. With the Pac-12 uh, returning, they mentioned that they're not going to wait till January 1st on hoops. They're going to do November 25th, so BYU-Utah basketball game is happening, right? Yes, it needs to happen. It should happen. It's good for both programs. Why would you not do this? Given everything that's going on, yeah. you're 40 miles away from each other. You don't have to have fans in the arenas. Like, make it happen. You need this for your resume. And we don't know on hoops with fans quite yet, but you'd imagine it follows suit with football. I would love to see this. I think it will happen. I don't you know why I will. need this for a tournament resume. They were planning on it before the Pac-12 January 1st thing. Jaron, BYU Athletics is leading a movement in the name, image, and likeness compensation for athletes conversation. They are doing so by partnering with the company Open Doors. What does this mean for the future of BYU Athletics? It means money for the athletes. Uh, and, and this is a recruiting selling point. Hey, come here and we can help you with your brand and you can make money while you're here. Now, we still don't know all the details of this. We're going to learn more. But, like, which athletes will benefit the most? You'd think football and men's basketball, but can Shaylee Gonzalez take advantage of her YouTube audience? Which has six-figure followers. And TikTok. So that's my question is someone like Shaylee or like a Mary Lake or whatever that was very popular on social media. Can Cosmo make money? Can we get name, image, and likeness Cosmo, compensation for Cosmo? A student on Scully. <laughs> That's what, yeah, but, yeah. Who, who knows? <laughs> I don't, good question. Let's talk to his uh, parental guardian. <laughs> Mom, Mama Coog, wherever she is. 
You brought up Shaylee Gonzalez. Yes. She's doing her thing. Feels like on a daily basis, making viral videos, viral TikToks, viral YouTube uh, features. She was dancing with Kaylee Smiler and has another viral video going, Jeremy. Is she a better dancer than Cosmo? Listen, Shaylee and Kaylee. That's fun. They should start a podcast or something. Um, they they have some good moves, right? But no one has moves like Cosmo. Nobody. So among the student athletes, yes, I dare say they have the best rhythm, but no one can hang with Cosmo. Well, and the swagger to just know that you shoot the ball and then you got to get right into your dance move knowing that the ball is going to go in. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. That's part of the, yeah, part of the next level. Yeah. Next level. Okay, coming up, our prop picks for the Troy game tomorrow. Plus, everything you absolutely need to know about tomorrow's Troy-BYU matchup so you can impress your friends. Everything. Wow. Game notes up next on BYU Sports Nation. No pressure on us. It's just the important things, right? Oh, okay. Jeez. Everything? Every important BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Listen to Greg Rebell, Riley Nelson, Mitchell Jurgens, Jason Shepard, BYU host Troy in the home opener. Coverage begins 8-15 Eastern on BYU Radio and the free app. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation in Studio B. It is a game day eve. Go, Let's baby. go. Yeah. Speaking of, we spend a lot of time each week scouring through game notes, researching conducting interviews all, all this paperwork also you don't have really? to you can just you can just listen to us talk about the yeah. things that we we're research doing, we're doing the work for you each hey. friday this season we will present you with the best bits of our research so you can sound smart when you're breaking down the game with all your friends it's called game notes presented by byu food to go the mvp of your next event jerem start us off here we go we i, I mentioned it with rod gilmore but troy linebacker carlton marshall is one of 12 players in fbs the last 20 years to have this kind of season and he had it last year 100 plus tackles 15 tfls and three picks preseason first team all-american by the way he doesn't tie his left shoe it stayed that way as a freshman in high school and has stayed that way since random 5'9, 216 he makes a ton of plays. If Dian Gonwoloku mm-hmm. had been a linebacker and 10 pounds heavier, this would have been him. Yes, it would have looked like that. Yeah. Speed, strength, nose for the ball. Look at those numbers, by the way. 28 tackles for loss, six force fumbles, three interceptions. Playmaker, like, watch watch him on defense. I'm excited to watch him take on the run blocking from that physical BYU offensive line and fullback Mason Wake. When it's a power-on-power situation... 216 is a little light for that, but he's quick to try and get around. That'll be a fun matchup. Jaron, BYU has only won one home opener under Kalani Satake, and it was against Portland State in that forgettable 2017 season. Yeah, the other three were Cal by three, UCLA by three, and Utah by 18 losses. So it's not a Power 5 team. It's Kalani Satake's first group of five team. I think that bodes well in terms of the level of competition. Yet, Troy is, Troy is quality. Okay, the Trojans are the sec- are second in FBS since 2016 with 106 takeaways. We've said this one loud and proud. This is the number one stat that sticks out for me going into this matchup. Troy takes the ball away, and they had three picks against Middle Tennessee last week. BYU needs to be, at worst, minus one in the turnover category to feel comfortable about beating Troy. This is how a team can that's a 14-point dog can level the playing field, is create more opportunities for yourself and prevent the other team. And 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 Troy is excellent at taking advantage of making that, turning that into points. They had 17 points off turnovers last week. That was enough to win the game. They didn't need any more scores. 
BYU just be minus one or better in the turnover category. If BYU is plus, I don't see how Troy wins the game. Exactly. I think they have to win turnover margin just to stay in the game. BYU has never played a team from the Sun Belt Conference. They played two this season, both in Provo, Troy and Texas State, though Troy is at one end of the Sun Belt and right. Texas State is really at the other. BYU's played two teams who are in the Sun Belt now, but when they played, they were not. Arkansas State 96 was uh, 1AA at the time, now FCS, uh, but they are in the league. And then Louisiana Monroe in 94 was an FBS independent, but now they are in the Sun Belt. So this is the first game against a team currently, currently in, in the Sun the Belt. Sun and, and the Sun Belt did BYU solid this year, like I said, by getting two games. Did they, though? Because the Sun Belt's been beaten up on the Big 12. Right. We'll see. <laughs> Maybe it was bad. <laughs> Troy has won the toss five times under Chip Lindsey. And they have taken the ball first all five times. So if Troy wins the toss tomorrow, expecting to take they're the going to take the ball. So uh, that either way, I think that Troy's going to get the ball first. Because if BYU wins the toss, you'd think they'd defer the second half and kick. So Troy's going to lead the game with the possession of the ball. Does BYU try and put Troy on their heels, though, and say, we know you like to take the ball first. We won the toss. We want the ball. No. <laughs> because... <laughs> On Labor Day, they did not. They they gave, they kicked off, got a stop, and then had a shorter field. And had a thirty-one nothing lead, and then got the ball after halftime, and then had a thirty-eight yeah. nothing. Yeah, lead. they had a conservative thirty-one nothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jerem Troy quarterback Gunnar Watson became the first Trojans quarterback since two thousand ten. So in a decade, to win his debut as QB one. Middle Tennessee stinks. That's my opinion on that. Uh, Gunnar Watson taking over. They've only had like four starting quarterbacks since like oh five or something. Um, they've not not Deshaun. That's just mean. <laughs> That's just mean. Listen, I I think he loves a good back shoulder. He gets the ball out quick. They do a lot of bubble screens. Wide receivers block well. The, the BYU secondary is going to be tested. They're going to have to defend well. And if BYU is going to play this nickel we've heard about, basically nickel if you don't know, five defensive backs, then the BYU secondary will be, will be challenged. They, they get the ball out quick. Now, don't be surprised to see BYU present a defensive philosophy like they did against USC. Last year, where they drop more. Drop, drop more. Because drop Troy wants to get the ball Dave out Dave McKinn's quick. favorite, drop eight. It's everybody like, everybody it, hates it, but that won the game against USC. It did. It did. And that was a win against a team with the name Trojans. So maybe that works. BYU's Gunnar Romney leads the nation with 33 or 34 yards per catch. Leads the nation. Will he keep that up? The answer is no. But mm. could Gunnar Romney continue to be BYU's number one receiver? Yes. You and I said months ago he will have a breakout season, and he had that breakout game against them. He's BYU's deep threat. He is. I want to see more Chris Jackson in that way, by the way. Gunnar Romney could maintain a 17 to 18-yard per catch average. He yes. could do that. He needs like a 30-ish yarder every game then because he had two 40-plus yarders. The 43-yarder deep and the 45-yard screen pass that was like the worst tackling technique of all time by Navy. But Gunner made a great play down the field, and there were all linemen trailing him as well. Mm, okay. Under head coach Chip Lindsey, Troy is 6-1 and one when leading at halftime, 
and the Trojans are a perfect 5-0 under the coach when they rush for more than 200 yards. Troy did both against Middle Tennessee, so Jerem basically... BYU have a halftime lead and don't give up 200 yards rushing. Chip Lindsey is 6-7 and seven as the coach, so Troy has led at halftime in all six wins. So maybe a halftime lead will go a long way in helping BYU towards the victory. Okay, since the start of last season, the Trojans are third nationally in place per game, 84 a game to Texas Tech and UCF. They ripped off 93 plays against Middle Tennessee. Tempo is tough to defend sometimes, yet... Remember at times when BYU used to go tempo that you'd go three and out quick and you used 12 seconds of play clock and you were out? Uh, Let's see if the BYU defense can use that to their advantage. But Troy will catch BYU not ready a couple times. Navy ran 47 total plays (laughs) against BYU. 47? 47 total plays. Troy's hoping to run 47 in the first half against BYU. (laughs) So, again, this goes back to what we were discussing earlier. BYU... If they can utilize that physical offensive line and get the run game going and have these long, just physical, drawn-out drives, that's going to hurt the Troy offense just because they're not going to have that many opportunities to get on the field. Absolutely. Tempo is always tricky. It can be a massive advantage, but it could also uh, bite you. I would love an eight-minute opening drive for BYU with 50 yards rushing and 21 yards passing. What is this, Navy? Yeah. Come on, man. Okay, the last time BYU was ranked this high, it lost the next game. I thought about this, and I was hoping that you would bring it up. Utah State. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry for these facts. Utah State 2014. BYU gets up to 18-19 and uh, loses the next game. So here's to health. Here's to COVID health. Here's to BYU performing well. Utah State that year ended up being all right. Here's the difference between this game and that game. You are not calling for 17-plus against Troy. Oh, heck no. No. I, in fact, later in the prop picks, you'll see that I'm reversing flow on that. You felt very confident that BYU was going to run Utah we State all off did. the field, okay? We all felt good. <laughs> BYU was 4-0 and dominating, man. Who didn't? Rivalry games are always weird. But now it's a cautious approach, and I think that all of the BYU players well, and coaches clearly share this. It's, it's watching Troy, but it's also the layoff, which brings me to our last game note. 19 days between games, the longest amount between games for BYU since 2001. 9-11, BYU had multiple games. Uh, I think they might have had a bye week there, but obviously a rescheduled game. This is a long layoff. What Rust versus rest. We've been discussing it. We'll see what happens tomorrow. I like Riley Nelson's approach. He told us yesterday, BYU needs to treat this as a second First game, the second season opener. Great point by Riley. Absolutely. Get in that mentality. And if BYU performs like they did in the first one, it'll be a good day because BYU is very ready for that one. All right. Okay, coming up, rise and shout out to a basketball legend. And our prop picks for the game against Troy include a gunner versus gunner competition. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation is always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Uh, Kyle Van Noy is going on the Pat McAfee show. Oh, boy. That should be entertaining. <laughs> Not safe for work? What? <laughs> you can download your podcast, which is safe for work and families. Uh, BYU Sports Nation uh, podcast. Just Google it. Okay, we've uh, given you the game notes. We've heard the ESPN college football analysts break down the matchup. We've been breaking down the matchup all week. Now it's time to make some predictions, our prop picks. And keep in mind, the standings going into week number two or game number two, it's like week number five. 
but game number, number two. number 17. <laughs> Jeremy and I tied at five apiece. Jason Shepard with four points. All right. Let's bring in Ben Bagley to present the fun. All right, guys, we'll start here. We'll start with our first prop pick. It is, oh, by the way, the standings, you gave the standings. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the first one is more receptions by Gunner Romney or rushing attempts by Gunnar Watson. Let's call him Gunnar. Gunnar. I like that. Uh, Gunnar Watson <laughs> rushed eight times. Uh, four were sacked. He was sacked four times. I think it will be Gunnar Watson because I think BYU will have a few sacks and he'll rush a few times. I don't see a like a like an eight reception day for Gunnar Romney. I'm taking a chance on this one. I'm going to go Gunnar Romney nice. receptions just because I feel like Troy is going to tempt BYU to throw the ball a lot more by stacking the box against that offensive line and run game. Don't tempt me, Frodo. And Jason is with you, Jeremy. He's going to go with Gunnar. Gunnar. Watson. Gunnar. Yes. I'll yes. give you a sack of a dollar if you say it tomorrow. Gunnar loves the ganache. All right, prop pick number two. More combined turnovers or BYU punts in the game. Ooh, this one's fun. BYU punted once versus Navy, so I am going to go punts. I think BYU will punt more in this. I don't think it'll be once. There's a scenario where there could be like three combined turnovers. It would only take four punts to beat that. Right. The conservative pick here feels like BYU punts, and that's what I'm choosing. And Jason's going turnovers. (laughs) Ever Not the surprising. We love yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Number three. Both teams scored TDs in their opening drives of the season. Which team scores a TD first on Saturday? I think it's Brigham. I think BYU gets a stop on Troy in the opening drive, and then BYU scores. Although I wouldn't be shocked if Troy just marched, took the opening kickoff because, remember, I just told you, they are going to – Troy will have the ball first tomorrow. If they win the toss, they're going to receive. If BYU wins the toss, they'll defer and kick to Troy. But it'll be BYU. I still like BYU's chances as the team to score the first touchdown. Troy might score the first points with a field goal. I could see that happening. As you mentioned, they like to take the ball on the opening kickoff. I think BYU scores the first touchdown. That makes it a clean sweep with Jason also taking BYU, which means one of two things is going to happen. Troy's going to score the first touchdown, <laughs> or no TDs will be scored. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, last one. Will BYU cover the 14-point spread? I could see this going either way. I know your answer, so I went against the grain. I'm saying no. I'm saying no just to be different and to try and get a point. I could see where BYU blows this open and looks awesome and climbs into the top, you know, like 16 of the eight people. But I, I can also see Troy being sneaky and doing their thing and tempo and turnovers equalizing this game and this being a, still a BYU win, but not by 14 plus. Jerem, correct me if I'm wrong. I always do. In 2014... <laughs> When you, BYU was ranked number never, 18, yes. Utah State beat BYU 35-20, to 20, a 15-point yes. spread. Yes. BYU is going to reverse that trend as the number 18 team in the country and win by 15 or more. Mm-hmm. Might be 35-20, might be 37-21, but they're, they're going to cover the 14 At least spread. it's not 17. <laughs> no 17. No 17. No, no 17s no, no, involved. No, 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 no. All right, those are your prop and, and picks. And Jason said yes. Jason, of course he said yes. Of course he said BYU was going to score the first touchdown. Of course he said that uh, there'd be more turnovers than BYU punts. <laughs> He's expecting a blowout, clearly. Yes. BYU by a hunt. <laughs> BYU will set the NCAA record. You know what Jason's expecting? What are your expectations for BYU tomorrow against Troy? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Clyde Livingston answers on no rela- Twitter. No relation to Hayden? Where is there? 
a dominating first half so I can get to sleep more easily after a late night game. I actually have church in person Sunday, but it's not until noon. So I am good to go, man. I'll be, we'll, I'll, we'll be up forever. Yeah, uh, my in-person church starts at 1.30. So oh, nice, I'm, dude. I'm good. Sleeping in, yeah, baby. I'm good. Except kids, so not really. We're hanging out at uh, some restaurant until like 3 in the morning. Yeah. Hopefully celebrating so, a BYU victory. So, so you said some. We know the exact place. Although there was another place that we hung out where people punched each other. <laughs> okay. Let's not go there. Here we go. Today's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. We are sad to hear of the passing of BYU basketball great Dick Namelka at the age of 76. He was the leading scorer his senior season on BYU's 1966 NIT championship team, averaging 24 points per game. Woo. He was an All-American in basketball, All-Conference in baseball at shortstop. He was on the Utah Stars 1971 ABA title team as well, and he was inducted into the BYU Hall of Fame in 1977. BYU has two NIT titles back when the NIT was significantly more respected, and Dick Namelka is an all-time great in BYU basketball history. So fun to watch these highlights and how smooth he was with the basketball. Yes, absolutely. Dick Namelka dead at the age of 76. I've got a basketball with his signature from that 1971 ABA championship team in the office. Yes, you do. And, and you remember, I was like, is that Dick Namelka's name? Yes. Awesome. Yes, yeah. it is. Pretty cool. All right. Our thanks to today's guest, Rod Gilmore of ESPN. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. We're Jeremiah Spencer. Shout out to Tyler Anderson. Go Cougs beat Troy.